0: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America.
1: If you are caring for a person with autism, great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are here to have the conversations that will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, uh, Rob Haupt. I'm the Vice President of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapies, an agency providing AVA services, OT services, speech services. And, uh, and resources to the autism community. Um, also been a BCBA practicing and, and providing ABA services myself for God, close to a dozen years now. It's, it's kind of crazy to, to sit and do the math. Uh, I think I'm coming up pretty close on my anniversary. Um, I'm really excited about today's show. You know, we, I, I was sitting and talking to my, my wife last night, uh, having dinner and we, you know, I, I was saying there. I, I feel like our show has just been like on such a great roll. The, the last few shows have just have really gotten me excited, and and we've been having these different dialogues and and really just having these um these different conversations that I don't think we've been having in in the months leading up to this. And uh, I even got to do a little bit more of this in my in I guess my personal slash professional life. Um, just recently, um, and, and got to have another one of these conversations with with a new audience. Um, a friend of mine who is really involved in the community here in Los Angeles um, was able to work with uh, one of the uh, local members of our state assembly here in California to organize a discussion about about just services and um, how the um, services here in California are uh, organized and funded and uh, provided. To individuals with developmental disabilities, um, not just autism, but really looking at the the whole spectrum of, of support and uh, and needs, and it was kind of a, a, a first time for me to really sit down and be able to speak to someone, you know, in in our government, in on a one to one, or in this case, in, in a very small group setting. Um, you know, she, she my friend invited me and, and really wanted to me to give a. Uh, service providers perspective. They had a few different people from a few different backgrounds and it was my job to really um, talk about what are service providers, what are professionals um, seeing and experiencing. And, you know, it, it was just a really cool experience. I, I had this really uh this, these flashbacks to uh, to that old show the West Wing and you know that everyone 's sitting around these tables talking about bills and politics and and policy and, and that 's what we ended up doing. We ended up talking about bills that were on the on the floor of um, our state assembly' um, we're in the state Senate they were talking about. Um, different regulations. And it was this amazing opportunity to to really give my perspective and not just give my perspective of what's been happening, but talk a lot about what I'd like to see happen or what I'd like to have uh, things look like in the future. Um, And we were able to look at it from a clinical point of view. We were able to look at it from a best practices. We were able to look at it from technology, we were able to look at it from so many different views that it was just this this really cool experience, and it was really kind of I don't know the perfect timing for me personally uh, because of what we're doing. It's this where you know April's coming to an end, you know Autism Awareness Month officially I guess is wrapping up. Even though you know as we I told you we're we're going to keep seeing this through and, and keep this dialogue and conversation going. Um, I don't know. It was just really. Uh, it was one of those moments that I think I'm going to remember for a really, really long time. Um, as just, I don't know, me kind of um, getting to play a different role and and really look at things from a, a different perspective and and be uh, just you know continuing to be an active member of of our community. So I was just kind of really proud to be invited and just really proud of the the conversation and the dialogue we got to have and even. Probably most importantly, the fact that uh, the assembly member we were meeting with really listened and was into what we were saying. And um, we're going to follow up and and do some more um, work on some of the ideas that came out of that dialogue. So just a real, real great experience for me that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, But let's talk a little bit about today's guest. Um, Today I am joined by... Ahmed Islam, and uh, Ahmed is a, a native of Springfield, Ohio, who earned a bachelor's degree in business psychology from Miami University in Ohio, and a master's of science degree in sports management from West Virginia University. Um, he balances his zeal for his craft and the deep commitment to his family, uh, his wife Deborah and children, Gabriel and Selena. Um, Ahmed has, um, and his family invest a great deal of time and energy advocating and fundraising for autism awareness. His family recently established Gabriel's Horn, a foundation dedicated to advocacy and awareness for minority families impacted by autism. Ahmed also on the board of the Chicago Land Chapter of Autism Speaks, and is also on the uh, board of the Make a Wish
2: Foundation of Illinois. Ahmed, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to uh, to spend some time with you today, man.
0: I've been really looking forward to uh, to having you on the show. Um, you know ever since you know, since our mutual friend Donna kind of told me about uh, about your group and about your work because it 's a topic, and what you guys do is something that you know I feel like i 'm hearing more and more about, and I want to keep a conversation going about it, um, but I figured the best way to start is maybe for you to tell everyone about like what is gabriel 's horn
2: so gabriel 's horn is actually uh, the family foundation that my wife and I um, created in. The, the, the genesis of the idea was we've been active I guess, active in the autism community for several years. My ten year old son Gabriel, um, who's really the inspiration for the foundation, uh, is on the spectrum. He was diagnosed um, officially um, about five years five years ago, um, but has really kind of been you know getting treatments, getting therapies and things since he was three years old. And I heard this crazy stat, man, um, a couple of years ago that the average um, Caucasian kid is diagnosed with autism at two or three, and the average African-American and Latino kid in in kind of urban areas is diagnosed at six or seven, which was, was a little crazy to me. I mean, understanding the importance of you know kids getting diagnosed, early intervention services, and really kind of... Having an impact on a child's life as early as possible, um, and the importance of that. So, I, what, what has sparked in my wife and I was really the thought that, hey, we've been involved in really the autism community. Um, you know, we have relationships and visibility and awareness on these larger organizations that, you know, are doing some really cool, really impactful things, but aren't necessarily having as big an impact in some of these underserved communities as they would like to or, you know, as we felt they should, and it's for a variety of reasons. I mean, one, I don't think in, in, in many instances it was for lack of trying. I think that there are, you know, there are nuances and things that are important when you're trying to connect with, you know, a specific community um, in the multicultural space. And mm-hmm. then, quite honestly, you know, I think there are some some issues and some stigmas around you know, issues around mental health that exist in multicultural communities and how parents and families often um, react and deal with um, the realities that come with, you know, a kid that is on the spectrum or may have some delays. And so it was important for us at the time to say, hey, what can we do to kind of bridge the gap that appears to exist Um, between these two worlds. And Mm -hmm. what we really narrowed that down to now is, man, is a very simple mission. Um, And it's really um, this idea of close the gap by 2018. And and the goal is to be able by 2018 to say that the average kid period is diagnosed at two or three. Um, And that's, you know, simply, simply put why we exist. I I think
0: we've talked about on the show quite a bit that, you know, that type of goal is, is, probably one of the biggest things we can do just you know the importance of early intervention and it sounds like you experienced that yourself of being able to get therapy for for your son at three versus maybe getting him therapy at six could be it's all the difference in the world
2: well and it's interesting because you know he wasn't like i said officially diagnosed until Mm -hmm. he was five but You know that was in part intentional on my wife and his part because ultimately you do have to give a kid, you know, a chance to I guess outgrow the things he's going to outgrow, but in the process of of doing that. You, 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 you get the services, you get the early intervention, mm-hmm. you get the speech, you get the OT, and you, you, you do all the things that you would do for a kid who has developmental delays just like you do for a kid who's on the spectrum. And so, right. for us, that, you know, th- th- those therapies and, and, and those activities were a huge part of his development. And when he was officially diagnosed, it was in a lot of ways You know, it it was a bit of a, I guess, a procedural formality because everything Mm -hmm. he was doing just continued and now we were calling it something. But yeah, it's extremely important, man.
0: You know, I I want to talk more about Gabriel's horn and a little bit more about your experiences. Um, But before we do that, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll talk more to our guest Ahmed right after this.
1: Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Autism Spectrum Therapies is excited to announce our What Is Your Moment campaign. We know a child sharing a hug or a successful trip to the grocery store can be a major victory in your day. Visit the Autism Spectrum Radio page or the Autism Spectrum Therapies Facebook page and click on the contest banner to share your story. Listen to Autism Spectrum Radio every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to hear the winning moment. One weekly winner will receive an iPad
0: mini. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to more info at autismtherapies.com. That's more info at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Hey, welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, and today I am joined by one of the founders of this great organization called Gabriel's Horn, uh, Mr. Ahmed Islam. Uh, You know, right before the break, you were telling us a little bit about the inspiration for Gabriel's Horn um, and some of your experiences with your son. You know, one of the things that you know, I, I think what you were saying before the break is actually really interesting. the The idea of the way the services that Gabriel was getting didn't really change, but that that, that comment you made about the diagnosis being a formality, um, I, I'm curious if you found if if you found that services, uh, I guess the ease in which getting services or that Gabriel qualified for services changed at all now that there was a formal diagnosis
2: yeah you know so it's it's interesting because part of the reason that you know we went ahead and kind of went through with the formal diagnosis at that age is because he was getting ready to start school, and mm. what it does is it puts a responsibility on the school system that doesn't exist in the absence of a diagnosis so mm-hmm. it it require it creates the requirement that he have an IEP. It creates mm-hmm. creates the requirement that if he's in the public school, he has an aid, um and all those things. But that does require some sort of an official diagnosis. So it was in part, I think, you know, a part of the process with where he was in terms of entering the life stage of going to school, where, at, you know, as preschool age the diagnosis wasn't really going to change things because we were already doing everything we would have been doing. Once right. it came time for him to go to school, then the diagnosis actually became something that put a responsibility and an onus on the schools to provide certain services and provide certain um, opportunities that they weren't necessarily even legally obligated to provide in the absence mm-hmm. of the diagnosis. Yeah, I, I find that from
0: my experiences, that's one of the, the educational things that I'm really helping parents understand is this label, as scary as it can be and as difficult it can be, can actually be a positive because it, it gives you access. You know, as you said, the school now is legally required to offer an IEP and make him eligible for services. And in some states, it can open up state funding options or insurance options. Um, and so having that awareness of like what this diagnosis can lead to from a services and support standpoint is something I feel like is is sometimes um, uh, missing just in, in my experiences. I don't know if you've kind of seen no, the agree. same in
2: the works. I agree, and I think when we when we talk about you know our mission and, and part of it being about closing the gap, I think mm-hmm. that awareness is a big part of that and that's awareness in the community, not mm-hmm. only of just what it is and, you know, what to look for and, and and what to do, but it's really around the importance of not just what to do from your child's perspective and it being in the best interest of the child, but also understanding, you know, what your options are and in a lot of ways what your rights are and, and, and what you can actually go out and do to, to, to positively impact Um, the life of your child and and your overall situation. So, I mean, again, my wife and I were were, were blessed and fortunate to have the ability to really kind of early in the process, I think, come in contact with, um, you know, an organization like An Autism Speaks, I mean, organizations that are doing a lot of the great things that you guys are doing and really having access to those resources. But I think as we went along, we realized, especially in, you know, kind of these underserved communities, we were the exception rather than the rule. Mm. I mean, that was part of what inspired, um, you know, the idea behind Gabriel's Horn is to make sure that as many kids as possible benefit not only from the resources but benefit from having parents that are, are aware of the resources and also feel comfortable reaching out and tapping into them, because that's also a part of the challenge, um, especially in multicultural communities.
0: So I was, I was kind of curious, um, you know, what are some of the, I guess, what's the overall approach for Gabriel's Horn? Like, what are some of the different things you guys do to increase this awareness and, um, as you said, you know, close that gap for, for 2018?
2: Yeah, so there's 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 really there's really two things. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of driven by I guess my wife's background and my background. My wife, nice. um, professionally, um, has been in social services her entire career. So wow. she's been kind of at the ground level, you know, as a family service special and specialist, and you know, dealing with moms and dealing with kids. I, you know, in, in my in my, my 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 daytime job is I I, I own a, I own a marketing agency, and so. I'm used to dealing with things at, you know, a very kind of macro level, um, mass communication, you know, really kind of impacting a bunch of people at one time. So you've got me kind of at the at the macro level. My wife is much more used to kind of almost impacting a family, you know, one parent at a time. And so our approach is really kind of a combination of those two. Part of what we do is really kind of work it, function as a fundraising agency, and really raise funds that we can then... Channel through um, some of the larger organizations that we have relationships with um, in the form of grants that then in turn are leveraged to create programming that impacts those communities that we're trying to serve. So part of the decision we made when we set up the foundation was let's not recreate the wheel. There are a lot of resources out there. There are a lot of organizations that have the tools. Those tools just aren't necessarily getting in the right hands or getting in the hands of the the right people with the appropriate context. So for us, it was how can we help facilitate that exchange? And a lot of it is obviously, you know, resources are are critical in, in the space. And so a lot of it was earmarking, raising, and then earmarking resources for activities specifically in those communities. So that's kind of at, you know, at the macro level. It's also creating tools through content that allow us to build awareness um, around the issue and around the fact that, um, you know, autism is, 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 is highly present in these multicultural communities and that it's important for your kids to have the benefit of those same services that their general market peers and counterparts do at the age of two or three. On the flip side, when you look at organizations like like falling whistles organizations like in, invisible children that have really taken a cause and in a lot of ways built a grassroots movement that kind of starts from a whisper and builds to a roar by empowering people to get involved and get engaged and help you know support the cause that's also part of what we do we really try to do things at a grassroots level whether it's understanding that in these multicultural communities um, dads often really suffer um, with and, and struggle with not just the the, the post diagnosis situation but also just getting to the point where they will go out and support you know the family getting the kid checked and figuring out what's going on so You know, we're doing dads' dinners in in key markets where we literally curate these experiences where we bring in, you know, dads like myself who have had a kid that's been diagnosed for a few years and Mm -hmm. is pretty open to talking about it. Dads who may have gone through a bit of a struggle um, when their kid was diagnosed, and they're cool with it. Um, Dads who... Have a kid that might be on the spectrum, but they haven't actually taken a step to go get that kid checked out and really kind of bringing all those folks together to have a conversation, have a dialogue. It, it kind of ties back to the idea of each one teach one. If I yeah. can sell, if I can take my story and sell it with the, share it with a dad who then can take his, his, his experience and share it with another dad, you start to create that movement. Um, you know, it's getting out to, you would think that, you know, all doctors' offices and all physicians are created equal. It's not the case. I mean, when you get into these underserved communities, um, oftentimes, you know, you don't necessarily ha- always have um, physicians who are fully aware of, um, you know, autism and what 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 things to look for what, what things to do or don't at least have the tools to give to a mom who comes in and has a kid that may be on the spectrum. So, you know, we also work on focusing on you know, medical practitioners in those underserved communities and making sure that they have the tools and the resources and the information to share out with their patients or to have, you know, meaningful conversations with their patients. And oftentimes those doctors are trusted advisors in those communities. So versus an organization like you guys or an Autism Speaks coming in, when it's coming from a medical professional who who has a sense of trust with that family, it can often be more powerful. So it's giving those guys the tools to have those impactful conversations with the family. So it's really kind of a top-down, bottom-up approach and making yeah. sure that we're doing things right at the grassroots level to really generate impact. But we also know that, you know, it's all about resources and awareness. So I'm able to, quite honestly, leverage some of the, the access and the platform that my marketing agency gives me to really kind of build awareness for and build support for what we're doing as Gabriel's horn. hmm no, I, it makes, and what you're saying makes perfect
0: sense. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to talk about a few different things you brought up, but the, the first one I'm kind of curious about is, uh, we actually, you know, we talked about a dad's perspective a few weeks ago on the show, and I was kind of curious what were some of the struggles that, um, through this group you, you've seen dads having, um, as they're dealing with the, the diagnosis.
2: I mean, you know, I think, I think the the, the biggest struggle and, and one of the first struggles is just, you know, fighting through denial, you know, mm-hmm. and I tell a lot of people that, you know, a lot of times people talk about the situation being socioeconomic, but I don't think it is. I mean, in some ways, I think there's a cultural difference where, you know, I have a friend who is, you know, is, is a trader, um, you know, extremely successful guy, has a son that was four years old. And, you know, I've been around the kid, and after a few times being around the kid, I just asked him, you know, I said, hey, you know, is, is your is your kid on the spectrum? And it wasn't, you know, and it wasn't a, you know, I didn't think it was an offensive question at the time, um, but he was a bit taken aback. And, mm. you know, over time, you know, I watched the kid. And got to a point where I've been around enough kids that are on the spectrum, although I'm not a doctor, it was pretty clear that kid was on the spectrum. And so, Mm -hmm. dad and I went out, hung out for, hung out a night, you know, did what dads do, and ultimately later in the evening I just told him, I said, look man, you gotta get your son checked out. You have to. You gotta set aside whatever, you know, personal baggage or personal challenges you're having with it and do what's, do what's best for him, mm. and you know, and he, you know, he broke down that night. But he took it wow. to heart because he had to break through that 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 kind of that that denial and just the challenge of dealing with the reality that hey, the vision that I had and the plan that I had for my son may not be exactly the way things work out. And I think that's just natural for a dad to yeah. go through that process. So, I mean, I think that's that's one of it, one of the one of the challenges. Um, I think another challenge is getting beyond the question of why and why me and moving to a place where um, you're actually taking action and doing whatever is required to help your child as much as you possibly can. I mean, that was something that my wife and I went through um, was just, you know, I think initially... We spent a ton of time just doing research on trying to figure out how this could have happened. And, you know, ultimately, I think we just had the eureka moment where it was kind of like, look, this is what it is. Deal with it. And now let's figure out what we need to do to make sure that Gabriel can live the best life possible. And that really became our focus. And I think that is another hurdle that parents have to overcome, not just yeah. personally, but again, I think within the context of the community, I mean, certain cultures, you know, when, when, when a kid has a condition like autism, you know, people in the community are looking at the parents, like, what did you do? And so there's a, also a, a culture of not necessarily being supportive all the time mm-hmm. in these communities, which also can be a challenge. But that's, that again, is where the education and the awareness piece comes in. Well,
0: and that, Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think we as people have a hard time sometimes not dwelling on the past, but say let's look to the future. Let's look forward. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I want to talk a lot more. I mean, you brought up a, another great point that I want to touch upon. Just this idea of multicultural communities and, and that comment of, you know, how much of it is socioeconomic. Um, it actually ties into perfectly about the, some things I talked about at the top of the show about my meeting with our, uh, my local assembly member. So, yeah. um, we're going to take a commercial break, and then we're going to pick up our conversation there. We'll be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America.
1: Autism Spectrum Therapies is excited to announce our What is Your Moment campaign. We know a child sharing a hug or a successful trip to the grocery store can be a major victory in your day. Visit the Autism Spectrum Radio page or the Autism Spectrum Therapies Facebook page and click on the contest banner to share your story. Listen to Autism Spectrum Radio every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to hear the winning moment. One weekly winner will receive an iPad mini. Um autism spectrum therapies is proud to present autism spectrum radio at ast we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential our promise is to support families through our extensive resources highly trained staff and outstanding programs Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to more info at autismtherapies.com. That's more info at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Hey, welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are joined today by Ahmed Islam, one of the co-founders of Gabriel's Horn. Um, You know, right before the break, you you were talking about some of the things you're experiencing and seeing. And I, um, you know, when I was meeting with uh, my local assembly person, we actually started talking about some of the different factors Impacting the underserved and the multicultural communities here uh, in the area. And, um, you know, some of the statistics you talked about, we actually talked through a little bit. But that issue of, I guess, awareness Mm -hmm. versus socioeconomic came up. Yep. Is is it a matter of education and we need to really educate? Because, you know, I, I know, you know, I think back about my family and. You know, my, my Hungarian grandparents, there, there are certain things where like turn-taking, for instance, was not very high on their priority <laughs> of, uh, of appropriate social skills that they were teaching. Right. Um, but how much of it is then also the socioeconomic part of having the means and the resources to be there for therapy or to participate yep. in therapies? And I, I'm wondering if, if you've seen what you've seen and... Is it truly just a combination?
2: I feel like it's absolutely a combination. I mean, you literally pulled the word out of my mouth. I mean, it's a combination because I think there are there are cultural factors that are just present in both of those communities at mm-hmm. all socioeconomic levels that I think have an impact on people's willingness to acknowledge and engage when there's an issue. Wow. I also think that because in those communities, you tend to have... Um, more robust, if you will, socioeconomic challenges at times, that, that also has a major factor because that has an impact on not only just awareness, but once there is awareness, access to services you know I mean for example with Gabriel we were fortunate enough that once we knew something was going on we could put him into private therapies but also take advantage of some of the other early intervention um, resources that were available we were able to put him into now a private school where he's doing very very well mm-hmm. everybody doesn't have that benefit and so there's not necessarily the ability to all the resources that are out there, which, again, is partly based on awareness, but also driven by just socioeconomic realities that some families deal with. But I absolutely think that it's a combination of the two. I mean, I think it's, you know, the whole idea where there's a will, there's a way. You have to create the will first. And that will isn't, I think, impacted at all by socioeconomic factors. The way absolutely has is, is impacted and affected at a high level by socioeconomic realities.
0: You know, you, you mentioned, um, the idea of, you know, if I, if I think about the, the cultural piece and I think about the community piece, I think it was really interesting the way you, the way you were describing, um, a doctor, a physician who maybe has a degree of trust with the family versus, uh, an agency such as mine or or a group like autism speaks coming in. And, I, I, is that one of the differences, or is there a difference in that? In that, you know, in some of these multicultural communities, I- is it about educating different members of the community? Like, um, is it important, for example, in, of maybe like a, a priest or a minister to become more aware and educated because that is going to be a trusted
2: yeah. person? Because um, I, I feel like trust has got to be huge. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, in in those communities, I mean, it is really about the trusted advisor, and it, it it ultimately comes down to if it's not somebody I know, then it needs to be someone that I think can at least understand my experience and so mm-hmm. You know, that's why, I mean, ultimately it's so important when, you know, someone like Holly Robinson-Pete or Tisha Campbell and, and 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 Shannon Nash, you know, and exactly. they, they speak out because there, there's an ability to connect with, you know, an African-American mom or a Latino mom at yeah. a bit of a deeper level because, and those ladies are celebrities. So, I mean, mm-hmm. even like a woman like my wife, that's why I push her to do the grassroots piece because my yeah. wife, you know, can have almost a peer, more of a peer peer-to-peer conversation with a lot of the moms in the community because there's some level of a shared experience. So I think it's critical to have people that are trusted advisors that either, as you are coming into the community as an organization who may Mm -hmm. not necessarily have a presence in the community, co-signs you and says, hey, they're all right, they're here to help. And that that may be a pastor, that may be a teacher, that may be a community influencer, that's a huge part. But then even the people that are your ambassadors, Have to almost be able to walk that line between the organization and the community. I mean, those are the people that really give you the ability to have an impact because they will be able to establish trust more quickly and at a higher level. And in a lot of ways, that's a critical component to how effective you can be in those communities.
0: You know, and I think that's actually a really, I think that's actually really cool. I think there's something to be said for. Looking at it from a different point of view of maybe I am someone who isn't necessarily directly impacted um, because I I have a child with autism, but maybe it's I'm a person in a community who is a trusted advisor. It's kind of cool to think about what kind of positive role they can have for these families and what kind of uh, a support they can be that maybe they wouldn't have been able to be if they didn't receive or become educated in autism.
2: Yeah, no, no. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's you know when we talk about the awareness and the sharing of information, it does go beyond just the families, and it is really yeah. important to reach those individuals in the community that can, in a lot of ways, be be an accelerator for mm-hmm. your your ability to have an impact in that community.
0: So we've we've got these impactors, we've got these trusted advisors, and. I I feel like you're a good person to ask because of the story you just said to us, uh, before the last commercial, one of the most common questions I get is I think my friend's child is on the spectrum. How do I have this conversation? Or I think my nephew is on the spectrum. How do I have this conversation? Um, I know you talked a little bit about that experience, but is that a question you get and what kind of, what kind of advice would you give to a listener out there who's saying, you know, I am that trusted advisor to somebody? How do I start this dialogue? Because I think something may be off or need to be looked at.
2: You know, a lot of it, and this is probably the marketer in me to a certain extent, mm-hmm. a lot of it is knowing your audience. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as a trusted advisor, in some ways you almost have to understand, you know, the individual that you're talking to or at least, you know, the the audience that you're speaking with. You know, in the case of my friend, I rolled the dice a bit that he was going to respond more positively to me just being very direct with him and putting it in a context that said, hey, you know. You, what you're doing just isn't right. And so that was what was right for him. I think you almost, you have to kind of understand your audience. But I think the best approach in a lot of ways is often a direct approach, um, you know, with a bit of a soft touch. But I think you ultimately have to put people in a position where they can't, they can't ignore it, they can't make excuses, and they ultimately have to, at least for a moment, whether they're comfortable with it or not, face the situation and really kind of at least think about and answer the question. Um, and it, you know, it's not a comfortable situation. It's not a comfortable mm-hmm. conversation, but at the end of the day, it's necessary and it's in the best interest of the child, which I think, yeah. you know, leads to forgiveness in terms of whatever feelings might be heard at the beginning, because people ultimately come around and realize that that push was necessary for that for that for that kiddo's life and to, to to really kind of be impacted in a positive way yeah I, I
0: think you i mean I think you summed it up perfectly at the end there it's there's a lot of fear like that can be a really scary conversation, yeah is this person going to resent me it, yeah. are they going to be my friends
2: still yeah yeah i mean it, it, it's and that's a very real, It's a that's that's a very real, very real question i think. For me, in our organization, um, you know, I think we've made the decision that, you know, asking the tough question, making people uncomfortable, it's worth it because of the benefit that comes out on the other end, which is a kid getting the services that they need to get or finding out that at times, hey, the kid's not on the spectrum. And it's like, well, that's, you know, great, awesome. You know, but it's worth it. You know, it's worth the risk of, you know, stepping on some toes or ruffling ruffling some feathers because you know it, it's all done in, in the best interest of the child. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, well, you know, why don't we take a uh, take our last commercial break right now? Um, I, I have a couple more questions for you, but I want to make sure I give you plenty of time uh, and, and not cut you off um, as as we get into it. So we'll take one more commercial break and be back with uh, another Islam.
1: Us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866 278 1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866 278 1520. Autism Spectrum Therapies is excited to announce our What Is Your Moment campaign. We know a child sharing a hug or a successful trip to the grocery store can be a major victory in your day. Visit the Autism Spectrum Radio page or the Autism Spectrum Therapies Facebook page and click on the contest banner to share your story. Listen to Autism Spectrum Radio every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to hear the winning moment. One weekly winner will receive an iPad mini.
3: Are you looking for a 21st century first aid kit? You don't have to suffer nor take on the increasing expense of health care. Tune in to Good Vibrations. Catch the wave to better health. Your host, Lynn Waldrup, will show you how many common and even uncommon aches, pains, and ills can be remedied through sound, color, and light. While it may sound like these are new concepts, believe it or not, these are actually ancient methods that still make sense today. Create a healthy life. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness
1: this is autism spectrum radio if you have a question or comment for our host rob or the guest please send an email to more info at autism that's more info at autism now back to the program
0: Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Final segment here with Ahmed Islam, uh, co-founder of Gabriel's Horn. Um, You know, with our last few minutes, I I was really – I kind of wanted to wrap up with just kind of get your your final thoughts on raising awareness. Because the conversation we're having, you know, I I must admit, I feel like I'm a little late to the game. I I feel like I've been here in L.A. I've been serving – pretty much every city in LA County for the last nine years. I mean, I've been everywhere and I've seen what we're talking about, but I don't think I ever really was fully aware um, beyond just instinctually of some of these statistics, some of these things, some of these, you know, factors. And I guess I was, I was hoping to get your sentiment of how do we raise awareness? You know, how does the listener out there who maybe isn't in a, a multicultural community, um, raise awareness and and help this cause because it 's clearly one that I think we all should be supporting
2: yeah, I mean, I think part of it is a big part of it is just continuing to encourage dialogue I think mean, what i 've learned and what i 've seen is the more my wife and I have basically been an open book about my son and our experiences really since he was diagnosed, and I think what happens is the more people talk about it, the more people get comfortable. Mm -hmm. asking about it and having the conversation and ultimately sharing their own experiences or acting on their own behalf. I think that's one. I think the other thing is there has to be an accountability to the organizations that are impacting and working in the autism community to impact and work for the entire community. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there are... Many organizations that are well-intentioned, but either because they don't know how to or aren't quite resourced enough to really get down into into these communities. So Mm -hmm. I think there has to be an accountability that really comes from the broader autism community um, and individuals like yourself that can really say, hey, here's an opportunity that we may not be getting after and then take it a step further and really understand the individuals and the resources that can help generate and create that impact. you know, again, Deborah and I made the decision not to recreate the will. There are a lot of yeah. great resources. There are a lot of things out there that are the right tools. At times, with some tweaks based on cultural nuance, be that language, be that the person that is the messenger in a certain community, and how you serve things up. But a lot of these resources are universal. But it's how you approach getting them into those communities and how you engage the people in those communities. You know, I, I tell my my Autism Speaks chapter here in Chicago all the time. Mm -hmm. I can't go to the south side of Chicago and talk to an African-American mom the same way I might go to Schaumburg and talk Mm -hmm. to a Caucasian mom. There are some nuances and some differences that if you're aware of them, then you can be effective and impactful in both places. I think it's, you know, it's a two-way dialogue. I mean, I think it is wanting to make sure that people are aware of the condition and the realities of Mm -hmm. autism and all the, the resources that are out there, but it's also being genuinely interested in being aware and understanding the communities that you want to serve, and really making a concerted effort to be there. Um, you know, ultimately, I hope that you know our organization um, inspires other people, whether it's a Gabriel's Horn chapter in another city or people yeah. that just take up the cause. Um, of, of really closing that gap on their own. Um, you know, and I think that it, a lot of it comes down, man, to just conversation and dialogue. I mean, you know, messages move to those communities oftentimes by by word of mouth because there is a sense of trust that comes from, you know, the sense of community and the sense of family that exists there, but people have to be open talking about it. And people in those communities that are impacted far too often Stay silent and keep it to themselves and don't share their experience, not realizing that the simple act of sharing your story can literally impact dozens of people.
0: You know, and, and listening to you, I almost feel like for me, you know, as, as someone who is hoping to help people in different communities, it almost sounds like one of the best things I can do is actually listen. You know, give someone a platform to share their story and then just be a really good listener. And not necessarily almost, I don't know, not almost not come in with like every single answer. But yeah. think about who is this person and let me hear about their experience so I can make sure I am giving advice that is really
2: about you'll them. Get, you, and, you, and you'll still get to the answers. But yeah. when you take that approach, when you get to the answers, you'll be talking to an audience that because you listened is now going to be welcoming and open to what you have to say. Yeah, yeah
0: well I, I really appreciate you being here with us today. I, I really enjoyed this conversation and it, it's it 's a, a subject it 's a topic that I really want to continue uh, discussing on the show um, and and really see if there 's more opportunities for us you know to keep this dialogue going because it is really important and to hear the stats you threw out at the top of the show clearly there 's a lot of work that we we can and should do so uh, thank you for what you do and and uh, thanks for being here today.
2: No, thanks for having me, man. I mean, I you know, I appreciate the opportunity to just kind of tell the story of, of Gabriel's horn and you know look forward to coming out to LA and working with you guys. So beautiful. Beautiful. Me too. Um well we've got
0: a couple minutes left here. Um I you know, I I as I said, I enjoyed today's conversation. I I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like I got really great ideas and, and some things that I want to bring into my community, my, my local community here in Los Angeles, um, and I'm really excited to give another point of view because now it's, it's my time to read the winner of uh, this week's contest, the uh, Your Moment campaign, and uh, this week's winner is Laura. And Laura writes to us that, as a mom of a child on the autism spectrum, I find myself soaking up Every little detail of his life, the good and the not so good. My son is now eight and is pretty much nonverbal. We rely on his facial expressions and body language to communicate and connect with him. His eyes are full of wonder and his smile will melt your heart. Just recently, his therapist reported to us that he has made great progress using an app program to communicate at school. If they told me all the details, I felt so proud of my child, but I have yet to see him communicate this way since the iPad is used only during his therapy sessions and shared among other students as well. One night at dinner, he was eating fries, and just like nothing, he picked up a packet of ketchup and handed it to me and very clearly said, open. I looked up at him, and he was looking right back at me with perfect eye contact. That moment was an unforgettable one, and I quickly made sure I wrote it down date, and also I would, be, would always remember how exciting it was and to remind me of all the progress he has made on his not-so-good days. Moments like this is what keeps me going and never giving up. Um, wow, I'm really, really glad that, uh, Laura, you get to win an iPad Mini. I am um, hearing this and, and seeing the way the iPad's already part of your son's therapy. Um, I'm just really excited for what other kind of gains and communi- communication, social, you name it, you guys are going to be able to accomplish, um, with this new, new fun device and toy. Um, so congratulations. Thank you so much for sharing your story. This is again, just another incredible perspective that I think just needs to be added to our, our conversation. And, and as med said, stories uh, our stories are really important to increasing awareness and um that's why i really value all of you guys sharing your stories um laura your story is going to be on our facebook page on the autism Spectrum therapies facebook page tomorrow i hope everyone uh takes a look and reads it because um, i think reading is gives you a whole nother uh i guess perspective and, and, and take on something than just hearing it um i hope you guys have a fabulous week um as I said, it's the end of Autism Awareness Month officially in terms of the calendar, but we're going to keep our awareness and keep pushing the conversations. Um, and again, as I think Ahmed said really well today, we should be pushing the conversations, not just the good ones, even the bad ones, and, and keeping this dialogue moving. So I hope you guys are able to do that this weekend or next week and, and have those opportunities. And then... We'll talk to you next week with another show um, in which we're going to have one of the authors of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Raising Kids on the Spectrum. So another great story, another great perspective. Have a good one, everyone. Take care.
1: We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week.